Hello, hello, everybody. Here we are again, coming to you from Broadcast Team Alpha, transmitting on 44 different platforms around the world. And this is the station for the thinking global citizen that is not afraid to step outside of the box and look what else is out there. What else are they covering up from us? What else are they lying about? This gets interesting, and we're going to find out some about that tonight, because this one's going to be hot. Well, my name is Augie, and my co-host, uh, Nori, is still on sabbatical, and uh, she'll be back after Christmas. Okay, we're looking forward to that. And uh, we are uh, also transmitting through this wonderful platform called Conscious Awakening Network. And because of them, we are on Roku, three TV stations, and a bunch of other places. So, uh, yeah, this is good. And before I introduce the guests, I want to tell you how you can connect with us. Go to broadcastteamalpha.com. And click on the uh, contact feature and send us a message and uh, we'll get in touch. And uh, then uh, if you are watching on YouTube right now, uh, that's the better one because uh, that's where we also engage with the, uh, with the, uh, in the chat room. And uh, uh, Max is going to help out with that one because I'm not very good at uh, doing both of them here. But um Anyway, uh, just do that. And also the super chat feature is open. So if you feel like you want to support us there also, that will be wonderful if you like what you hear tonight. And also Nori and I have created a spiritual think tank. If you want to be something, be part of something that is bigger than yourself, and uh, be part of something where you can reach into the quantum and create out of seemingly nothing in your life. Yes, quantum mechanics can help you do that. And we are, that is what we do. So uh, send us an email to themastermindconnection at gmail.com. And... Uh, we will get in touch and then we will get you some information. Now I want to introduce the guest because this is this is good. We have Gil Carlson returning to Broadcast Team Alpha. And uh, he, yes, there he is. And uh, he is kind of coming out of obscurity. He's been sitting back and writing 41 books. I only have six of them, and uh, tonight we're going to talk about this one, Aliens on the Moon. Yes, there is lots of evidence that that is true. We have the artifacts, we have the movie footage of actual people up there, and you're going to see a lot of the pictures in that book because we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, this is going to be good. I, I introduced him very well last time, and I'm going to make it short because we want to hear from him instead of me jabbering. So welcome to the show, Gil. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, this, yeah. is, this is an amazing subject because I, we've been conditioned to think of, um, of the moon as just a boring rock and nothing happening, no life no oxygen, everything else, but they've been lying to us. There's a lot going on there. And um, uh, and I cover a lot of it in my book, of course. And uh, I don't like to brag, but what I've written is a powerful book full of a lot of amazing information. And it's gonna make your head spin. Uh, and information in there that's not available elsewhere. And I, and I hope you'll get a chance to read this book sometime. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I want to just make a quick comment here. I see some of the pictures in here that I recognize. Because in my past, I started poking around in the, the picture archives of NASA probably around 30 some years ago. 
And I recognize some of these pictures because I have the actual NASA prints in my file to some of these pictures. So we know they're real uh, because I got them from uh, NASA themselves. And uh, there's some amazing pictures. And I think we should show some of those pictures a little bit later on. But you, uh, Yes, you... definitely. We'll get into that. And uh, yeah. But um, kind of want to do a little, little background here. And uh, yeah, a lot of people have wondered about my sources, where I get this information, information that's not generally available. And um, basically, I've developed search methods to uncover information that's hidden and that's hard to find. Plus, I have friends in high places in the military, government, even NASA, and they like to share things with me. And, um, and then I get help from my little friends. Uh, don't tune out. <laughs> I'm not losing my mind here. Uh, these are entities that have guided me and helped me throughout my life. And I know that may seem strange. Um, not strange on this show. Okay. <laughs> and they, may be, they might be spirit guides or alien entities. I'm not sure, but they've been a positive influence in my life. And they've actually uh, saved me a number of times from what could, uh, could have been fatal occurrences. Uh, and they often communicate things to me. And I, I've learned to take it seriously. And they've often encouraged me with some of the writing of these books. And, um, and especially with this Aliens on the Moon book. And, uh, and, and they kind of, um, did you they were kind of well they were kind of encouraging me to write this book yeah and um they told me about the title they wanted and they even flashed images in my head of the layout of the book and um and but i wasn't interested in writing the book hey hmm. i well i felt that um there was so much more to write about about aliens here on earth um like in some of my books on uh, one of them being underground alien bases and another on dulce base and and i figured a lot of people had already written about the moon and things on there and i wasn't sure i could come up with anything more and uh, <clears throat> then they started leading me to information showing me little bits of information and uh, and I became very intrigued with that, so I started doing more research, and uh, and so here we've got this book. Uh, one thing's interesting is they were anxious for me to write the book, and there were certain things in there they wanted me to get across, hmm. and uh, one of the things right here on the cover i put it right on there is the moon is the key to the secret of the aliens on earth and that kind of led me to try to find some answers to that hmm. and um which i did yep and um no you're also writing about that. Um, I see you have kind of like a guide up front here where you talk about the different things and the, is the moon hollow, the volcanic activity on the moon. It appears that there is something inside the crust, even though it's hollow, just like Earth. We can still have volcanic activity because the crust is kind of thick and inside the crust you have the lava. So yes, I am totally on board with that. And here's an interesting of where did the moon come from? Yes. Well, I, I just can't help it. I, I do want you to comment on that one. <laughs> well, 
for a long time, we were told that um, the moon, uh, the moon and the earth were the same. The moon separated from the earth and things like that. Uh, but then when they started getting samples of the, um, the rocks and the soil from the moon, uh, they were, uh, scientists were shocked. And, hmm. um, and what they discovered was moon rocks are over a billion years older than our earth. And moon dust is a billion years older than the rocks. Uh, try and get your head around that. And, and both the rocks and the moon dust that the astronauts brought back are older than our sun and our entire solar system. Uh, and then chemical analysis showed that the composition of the moon rocks and the moon dust was completely different. It was, they weren't even related to each other. So obviously something strange was happening there. Um, there were theories that the, uh, the moon was created built like a um, uh, an artificial satellite or something and moved in position. Uh, but some of the information that's come out is it was probably um, moved there somehow. And, and, and the inside is pretty, um, pretty much hollow. Yeah. And uh, that's and, the one that's the one I'm going with. First of all, that it was moved in and parked in orbit. And for the second, that it is hollow because there is in there is papers and writings coming out of India and Tibet talking about the time before the moon. It's in their writing. They they are talking about what Earth like was before the moon. There were no ebb and tide in the oceans. And they talk about some of the things that puts it in a different genre than what it is now. And then again, you know, being hollow, that is so obvious that you write about it in the book when they dumped the, uh, the spacecraft on the moon and it rang for hours afterward like a bear. Right. And, uh, and the first time that happened, it was it rang like a bell. Second time, the next mission, they dropped um, part of the uh, rocket on the moon, and it sounded like a gong, and for like for like hours. So obviously, there's something going on there. Um, from what I understand, it's I guess uh, the hollow out parts. Parts. It's used like a. Um, it's like a, an alien base in there. Yeah where they can uh, keep an eye on the earth and control things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, Nori and I have a picture on our website in the picture gallery of an eight. Uh, no, it's uh, 800 feet, converted to feet, round hole in the surface of the moon going into the interior. So, there is an entrance, and I'm sure there is more than one. There's, there's a lot of uh, scientific evidence now that the moon is hollow to a certain extent um, because of the density of the moon and um, oh, and some tests that were done. Uh, and yep. there's even, um, oh, Okay, it was like back in 1972 that a meteorite struck the moon and it sent shock waves deep into the interior of the moon and um, which really baffled scientists and made a lot of them realize that the uh, there's a something very unusual inside. Yeah. And then in the moon rocks and the dust that came back, they found material that cannot, could not be there because it is, they does not exist in nature like titanium and brass. They found that in the dust. 
Yes. Where can where can that come from? That that is can only be manufactured. So what you said about the dust being the oldest, and then the rock being uh, you know a billion years younger than that, that could make sense because space dust that comes from way back, even though that the moon have maybe created at one point. Space dust that could date back 10, 12 billion years or more. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Um, but the question is whether or not this was an existing um, moon or object that was hollowed out or if it was actually created like a satellite well and then rocks and things were added to it from what i have come to think is that it is a manufactured entity because the they had this is not written much about, but they also the astronauts also had a compass with them up there, and the compass on the moon is worthless; it didn't do anything for them. But there is a an iron shell around it, because if you look at the craters, they can be hundreds of miles wide, but only a half a mile deep. There's something really hard down there that when then huge asteroids hit, it did not penetrate into it like it would here. It was stopped with that shell and then blew out the material like maybe 100 miles, 50 miles. Some of them are even bigger yeah. than that. Right. Um, so uh, there is, it's not a natural earthen rock that it cannot be because when a, if a uh, an asteroid hit even if it was a rocky surface it would make a bigger dent but if it was iron yeah that wouldn't do it And they they say it it behaves like uh, rather than like a planet it behaves more like a satellite, and yep. um, it's in perfect position um, and and doesn't spin. Yeah. So. Yeah, perfect circle orbit. And in the right all... position for the eclipse to uh, block out the sun perfectly. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that, supposedly. Yeah, and that perfect circle orbit is almost impossible to for a, and for an object to come in and catch that perfect circle. I saw there was one scientist that would be one out of a hundred thousand chance of that happening or more. I forget what the number was. It was astronomical. So it was parked. I am totally convinced of that. And uh, there's a lot of strange occurrences on the moon, anomalies that have been tracked for oh, going back many years. Um, in the 1950s, the government tracked UFOs flying uh, back to the moon from the earth mm -hmm. um, and uh, also in the 50s and 60s there was uh, flashing uh, lights that were seen on the surface of the moon um, and uh, and then uh, both the um, Soviet and American spacecraft in orbit over the moon um, came up with some amazing photos and um, of structures and things like that, which were quickly uh, censored by NASA, of course. 
Yeah. And uh, there's also, uh, let's see, 33 uh, moon dome photos from the lunar orbiter too. And, um, and also the tall white spires that were photographed on the lunar surface. Mm -hmm. and, and, and other things like uh, roads, tracks, uh, going through craters and uh, rock piles, um, domes with flashing lights. <laughs> and what you'd mentioned before about the spaceships, cigar-shaped objects, huge. And, uh, and of course, there was... Uh, the pyramids, there was one that was spotted on the dark side of the moon, and there's a photo existing of that. And, yep. and there's been centuries of observations of just different, different strange things on the moon. And, um, and I've even included in the book a NASA compilation of all these strange things throughout the, uh, the mm -hmm. years which is really quite, quite interesting. And uh, there's the lights on the moon. And, um, and it was, let's see, I guess it was Operation Moonblink that mm -hmm. they um, created to, uh, to study these. And, and uh, there was many photographs that, uh, that it's claimed they were never released to the public. And, uh, yeah, and I see you have here also, you write about the fact that there's about 200 plus photographs, NASA prints, showing moon craters with domes inside and square buildings inside. Yeah, so. and, <laughs> and another thing too is the, um, when the astronauts landed on the moon, um, their uh, communication back to Houston of uh, spotting um, UFOs on the surface that are mm -hmm. overlooking them. Um, and, uh, and they were even greeted by an alien when they got off the ship. Yeah. And, and a lot of these things, the well, I guess not only that broadcast was censored and cut short, and but but uh, it was it was leaked. So uh, I actually yeah, have heard yeah, those. Was, uh, I think it was like a uh, a ham radio operator that yeah. had recorded it, and uh, and but that's not the only one. There's been numerous conversations like this that uh, yeah. It gets more and more interesting the deeper you look into it. More and more interesting. And uh, the uh, some of the NASA prints, I uh, I got that one. One of my favorite prints is actually right here. And uh, I don't know. I, I might as well show it. That sure. this this one. That is a two mile long cigar-shaped ship floating across the surface of the moon, throwing a shadow on the ground. Yes. Now, this one is hard to explain away. It can't be done. And you got sources for, uh, you know, where they can actually find these things. And... Uh, well, let me let me show you here. Yep. Um, I've got a... Here's some more pictures of it. Well, a little uh, further up. Yeah. One. Lift, lift it up further so we can see. There you go. Is oh, it? yeah. Uh, and here's what's interesting. Here's a blow up of it. Yeah. You see all the detail. That's that's a ship that is. Uh, now, look at, I forget now, how long is that thing? Um. I've got all the information in my book. Um, uh, it's on the picture, too, I think. 
It is way too long to be made by uh, 3,000, I think it says 390 meters. Yeah. That's long. Yeah, so that's a little over a kilometer long. That's about three quarter of a mile long. And that's actually a little bigger than that. And what's and interesting is there have been a lot of other sightings of of large ships there, alien yeah. ships. Yeah, and here I'm looking at a lunar highway on page 45. That yes. one would be good to show off because it, I mean, nature doesn't make highways. Um. I don't think I have that one available. You have it yeah, there? I got it right here. Uh, okay. see, you see that line going across right here? That is a big groove going across the surface. It looks just like a highway. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And it's like very straight. Yep. And uh, another thing that's interesting is the the bridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Obviously, there was somebody there on the moon building stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> somebody a lot more skilled than us. Here's a close-up of the bridge showing the, the detail. Oh, that's amazing. Um, now, here is... Uh, uh, this one is um, under a little bit of controversy just because of what it looks like. But it actually is a NASA print. That is blown up. Um, yes. Yes. We got that. And and um, and underneath it, which is supposedly an alien base. Yeah. Well, that's here's the something. here's the picture of the pyramid. I wish we had a, a larger picture of that. Um, I assume that's the pyramid on the dark side yeah. of the moon. And then what's interesting is these structures uh, from the uh, lunar city. Yeah. Uh, uh, move, it, it? move it up a little bit. Just a little bit. There you go. Okay. It's an interesting looking structure. Yeah. And, uh, and then the... Um, the city there. Mm -hmm. This isn't very clear, but this shows the uh, the city on Mars or yeah, Mars yeah. on the moon. <laughs> and here's um, another picture of it down there, more detail. But uh, definitely something's happening there. And the the, the city on the moon. It's it's actually mostly in ruins now, but you can still see like um, shapes of buildings and structures and things yeah. like that. And they claim it's uh, it's about the size of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the uh, the square corners that's yes. a dead giveaway. Yeah, that doesn't happen in nature. No. The only way that you could have square corners in nature that I know of, if if it is a crystalline form, small crystals will have strange shapes, mm -hmm. and kind of like this one here. You know the you have, but in nature, if it isn't crystalline form, I don't know of any other way that it could be created. And 
that's this is too big. I mean, there's one here that has a total square, very tall building, and it's over a mile long. Is that the Shard Tower? It's a mile and a half high. Yeah. Or are we talking about something different? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's this. Then there is this uh, comprehensive, um, the uh, comprehensive lunar. No, there's a document that NASA have. It was classified for a long time that show activities on the moon dating back 300 years to the beginning of the after the invention of the telescope. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, they've seen lights up there. They've seen shadows moving around, and they've seen explosions. Ca catalog of lunar events is what. Yes, yes, I do have that in my book. Yeah, I saw, really I saw it in here. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, and it's um, it's really has a lot of interesting things in there. Yeah. Uh, this. Okay. Uh, this is something that uh, is a compilation of all of the things that is called conspiracy theories. But we're going to have a problem in America very soon because we are going to we're going to be have a great lack because it can be a running short of conspiracy theories because they're all coming true. <laughs> They need to create some more. <laughs> and they, and, they, uh, they, people are wising up. They can't fool us anymore. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so it should be interesting to see what happens. Now, here's um, you might not have covered some of the anomalies on the moon, uh, the caverns. Um, and um, and then the the castle, yeah, which is seven miles high, and has multi-layered reflective glass panes. Which uh, is, is that is that the one that um, they call the shard? Um, I think this, uh, the shard. I think is um, might have been yeah, something different. Yeah, Richard Hogan found the shard. And he's been talking about it. That's about a five to six mile tall glass building. This might be the same one. Um, yeah. yeah. Another yeah, interesting have, thing too yeah. was, uh, excuse me, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was saying uh, you have a section of the bright lights up there and the lights moving around. And uh, that's an interesting section. It took all the way back to 1540. Yes, they've there. been observed for years. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Another thing, too, was uh, astronaut Alan Bean. Um, he was photographed, and um, in his helmet, the reflection of his helmet uh, showed a uh, an object that was just hanging several feet above the surface of the moon. And there was a shadow, it cast a yep, shadow. Yep. And it was like, um, it was like a suspended uh, grid. And uh, there are more than one of those pyramids. Now you, you showed one and there- I are showed one, yes. And um, I wish I had a, more of them and a um, closer up image. Yeah. Maybe I can find those later. Yeah, because the uh, there's one pyramid up in the right about pretty close to the North Pole as we are looking at it. And there is a place where there's three of them sitting in a row. And uh, we got um, pictures of that on, uh, on uh, just like in Egypt. Yeah, it's yeah, so somewhat similar. It's interesting that there were so many similar pyramids in, on Earth. 
almost identical. And also there were some spotted on, on Mars as well as on the moon. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, now they're starting to say that those were used for uh, generating power. Yeah, could very well be. And uh, I think they got other ways too to, you know, they're not burning gasoline up on the moon. They have free energy. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, earlier you mentioned that uh, we nuked the moon. It was a two-ton kinetic missile that we used. And mm -hmm. uh, they, they claim that it was a uh, alien base we destroyed. Well... Uh, I don't know. That could be. I'm open to that because if there's <laughs> if there's anything the Americans know how to do, that's to blow things up. They're good at that. Yeah, and make enemies. And yeah. uh, you know, you don't want to piss off the aliens. No, we we've already done that, but they haven't really retaliated much. So maybe I don't know, but. I haven't seen much. I think they just look upon us as um, like children. Yeah. And supposedly there are our caretakers, and they're watching out for us. And and uh, yeah, they, they better go to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think you... they just shake their head a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like the joke goes, you know, when the aliens fly by Earth, they lock their doors, right? <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, what do you think about this thing that there may be air up there? Because there's pyramids up there. And uh, like Nori said on our uh, documentary on the moon, she made the comment, you don't build pyramids in spacesuits, do you? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I don't know how, how concentrated it is, but um, uh, there was a story about the, the moon landing when they planted the flag that it started to blow in the wind and kind of like uh, yeah. and they were quick to hide that. And, and uh, in the future, they used uh, um, metal wiring inside the flag so you don't mm -hmm. see them blowing around. So There is a few colored pictures that came back from the moon that was taken by the um, by a Hasselblad camera that they had in the uh, in the capsule and on one of those pictures I saw I saw the horizon but I also saw a little bit of a layer of some lighter color that could be it looked kind of an offshoot between green and blue but it was very narrow over the horizon and that that goes along with what I have kind of uh, discerned, and that is that yes, there's air up there, and that air is equivalent to about eighteen to twenty thousand feet of altitude here on Earth. So, if you think about that, that's way up there. It's uh, less than half the uh, air pressure at uh, sea level. So. Could we live? Yes, we can. Because look at the Himalaya. There is people living at 15, 18,000 feet every day of their life. All they have to do is to breathe a little deeper. And they get used to that. So that's what they do all the time. And they get the same amount of oxygen. So I think could, it could perfectly well be air on the moon because... We also see it on Mars. You know, they, they don't use the brown filter anymore. Now you can see the blue skies. You can't have blue skies unless there is oxygen and moisture. It so, makes sense. Yeah, so they're lying to us there too. But now we're going to find out when there are private industry going to the moon, we're going to find out that, yeah, there's air up there. Um, you're not publicly claiming that uh, NASA is lying to us, are you? No, of course not. They're just misrepresentation. That's okay. all. So don't, uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, you mentioned something earlier about the Hasselblad cameras. Um, now, I'm 
Were those made in Norway or Sweden? I can't remember. Uh, it's Swedish. Yeah. Okay. I, I used uh, to have one a long time ago. Oh, wow. Uh, but that brings up another thing about whether the filming of the astronauts landing on the moon was actually filmed on the moon. Um, there, there are scenes that I'm sure were filmed there. Um, but I remember an interview with the representative of Hasselblad who claiming that their cameras um, wouldn't be able to take those kind of pictures up there in the uh, in those conditions. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember all the details. It was a long time ago. Mm, um, that's interesting. And and there's also the talk about um, evidence that uh, the landing was filmed in a studio. Yeah. Um, well, we know they did that. And they took a lot of those pictures and got them mixed in. So they don't even know which one is what anymore. That's true. And it, it could have been because they weren't sure what how it would come out, if they'd even be able to film the yeah. land so that they, they filmed it ahead of time. Yeah, and, they did. And there was even, um, oh, there was even a scene in the, one of the, um, the, uh, the landing on the moon um, videos that showed a person in a suit in the background walking by. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, that's good. That's funny. But I, you know, it, um, but, you know, I'm sure they wanted it to come out perfect and they couldn't yeah. chance the camera's not working. But also another reason could be they didn't want to show what was actually there. Yeah. But the surface of the moon looked like what was there, uh, aliens or yeah. in anything like that. And uh, so supposedly um, they were there to... Um, not just uh, as a sightseeing thing to look around, take some nice pictures, and collect some rocks. Mm -hmm. uh, they were yeah. there to examine some um, alien um, bases and and things like that, mm -hmm. weapons, and they couldn't let those be seen. Yeah, but I think also that uh, the more we learn now, there's there's so much information coming out. Because there are people with big telescopes, and uh, Schwartz in Canada is one of them, and um, and uh, I mean Bruce Schwartz. Uh, if on uh, YouTube, he is Bruce sees all, and he he's got a telescope so big that I could probably crawl into it, and he has blown up the moon surface, and we we see ships flying around there all the time. So they are in orbit around the moon right now. And they're big ones. I mean, these are miles and miles big from one end to the other. So you wonder, what are they waiting for? There's something happening here shortly that they're probably waiting for. Whether that is first contact or whether it's something else that's going to happen or maybe the both of them together. So they're out there waiting for something to happen, not just around here, they're around the sun. You can see them going across in front of the sun. And yes. one of them was sucking up energy from the sun into the perfect black ball, planet-sized ball sitting next to the sun. And we see, I have also a picture of a 3,000 mile long, that's a NASA print in the infrared spectrum, 3,000 mile long ship sitting outside of the outer rim of Saturn. There is hmm. no, there is no question about it. It's sitting right there. We got it on the, on our website. We got that picture. And they are here. What do you think they're waiting for? 
<laughs> that's that's a good question. Um, well, I know that they're they're involved with us, and um, and the moon is a perfect place to um, you know to whether it's equipment there or whatever to keep an eye on us or control us or or, or whatever. But I also think there's things going on the moon that have nothing to do with us and yeah. they don't want us interfering in well of course that's very obvious they don't want us yeah. interfering in what they're doing um there seem to be some kind of mining things going on there yeah um but could there be some alien military things they're preparing for oh over the centuries there have been numerous wars between different alien um yeah groups and and nuclear wars and i think they're uh yes. there's still scars on the moon from alien weapons and it's yes, not just, it is. Uh, meteorite uh, craters it's it's actually uh well and of course um uh, same thing happened to uh to mars mm -hmm. and a lot of damage there and we know there was a nuclear disaster on mars the reason we we know that is because there's a the concentration of xenon gas in the atmosphere is too big. Xenon gas can only show up after a nuclear discharge. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. And, so yeah, they have. And there was also nuclear wars uh, um, back in the history of the Earth. Yep. So there's a lot of things happening up there. Uh, and uh, you mentioned Mars. Um, from what I understand, a lot of the, the Martians or whatever they were up there on Mars were transported to the Earth because they couldn't survive up yep. there. Chances are we are the Martians, huh? Yep. Um, we are them and they are us. Yeah. That was in one of my books on uh, the great yeah. aliens. Mm -hmm. But, uh, oh, also, yeah. also in my, before I forget, in my book is an interesting section on NASA software that's being given away. I'm not mm -hmm. sure how much of that is still available, but they were offering uh, a lot of different things, which mm. would be interesting. Really? Okay, well. Yeah. Well, NASA, they, they make a lot of stuff, and because there is public funding to it, uh, we have access to everything they make unless it is classified. And a um, lot of it, yeah. That, that's another thing too. Is uh, NASA gives the gives off the impression that it's uh, you know they're just exploring uh, the universe and and things like that, but but actually they are more of a military entity. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and there have been a lot of um, of NASA. Uh, missiles and and rockets and things like that mm -hmm. have been destroyed by aliens because of some of the uh, the military weapons or devices on there that they didn't want uh, spreading around the universe. Yeah, it seems to leave that behind. Here, I uh, I see you have a, a section in here: the the Earth before the Moon. Where you talk about J. Uh, doc, no, Dr. P. Allen. That was the astronaut, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. In fact, uh, he used to live in Greencastle, Indiana, and I taught his dad how to fly instruments. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, he says that uh, the moon is a satellite and came into orbit around Earth in about 11,500 to 13,000 years ago. 
Mm -hmm. The the people from India, they speak about 12,000. Okay. Their papers. So that he is right in the middle of it. That looks about right. And I noticed also in over the years, NASA, they're very protective of the good stuff. But I started digging around in the NASA archives thirty uh, some years ago, and I found a lot of pictures that was classified. Classified. It's just a dead rock in the sky, right? <laughs> that didn't make sense. So the later the last twenty years or so, or uh, maybe twenty five, when I got a hold of some of those pictures that were classified before, now they're available. But they smudged out certain sections on it. So they evidently didn't want you to see some of it. Definitely. There's a whole building um, where they do nothing but doctor the pictures. Yeah. Sometimes they don't do a very good job of it. And they're so big and there's so many pictures. A lot of them slipped by. That's uh, like some of the ones that I have and that you have. And I'm... Yeah. And I'm sure they're out there when they see this book and hear you, they're like, oh, crap, we let that get through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see also in here, folks, you're going to find a section on uh, Nibiru. Actually, it's uh, there is a picture here where you say Nibiru shown behind much smaller planet Earth. And folks, this you need to see because Nibiru is on its way in. I uh, I don't know, it may have been 15 years ago now, but I found the picture at the Jordale Bank Observatory in Australia. They had a picture of this brown thing out there. And they didn't name it. They said, this is an object that is coming into the solar system. And kind of obvious, it would have been Nemesis or Nibiru or whatever they call it. And then I went back there about two weeks later and it was taken down. (laughs) So in 1989, there were three newspaper articles, Chicago Tribune uh, and the New York Times, and there was another one that had an article on the same day about, they said, there is a huge object at the edge of our solar system on its way in. And they wrote about it, explained what they, how big it was, and it was huge. And then the article disappeared. And um, I think it still can be found on um, in uh, Chicago Tribune. I think they still have it as far as somebody a few years back said they did. Well, actually, several years ago, I wrote a book on Nibiru. And that's the title of it, Nibiru. And, oh. uh, and it's full of charts showing the path of it and uh, where when it's expected and a lot of pictures and uh, I I haven't, uh, that was several years ago. I haven't really heard too much recently about this, but uh, I know at the time when I was writing the book that they were, I guess um, NASA was clamping down on a lot of information for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it is coming. And uh, it is, uh, it is just like a, a dwar- brown dwarf star with satellites around it, like small planets around it. And when that comes through, there's a debris field behind it. And yes. this debris field, if we catch ourselves going through that debris field, then all the brown gooey stuff's going to hit the fan because we are going to get all the rocks coming down. Um, there's also a lot of water that comes with that. And yeah. supposedly when that passed by, that was what uh, created um, the great flood of Noah's time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because what was it? How 
90 days or something of uh of rain that yeah and that was the approximate time of the orbit passing by yeah just ask noah he knows all about it yeah and uh and and supposedly it was Nibiru that uh passing by mars that pulled off a lot of the oxygen in the atmosphere yeah, I think that a lot of the atmosphere was taken off of Mars, but they still have some left. Otherwise, they wouldn't have blue skies. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. This is uh, this is interesting, folks. Uh, aliens on the moon. It is. Uh, yeah. There you go. It is. Uh, it is fascinating stuff in here. Things that I have not seen, and I've been around a while. So uh, you need to go have a look at that one and uh, let people know where they can find it. Okay, they're on Amazon. Just do a, an Amazon search on Gil Carlson, G-I-L-C-A-R-L-S-O-N, it's right up there. And that'll show all my books. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do something that I have not done for about 18 years since I quit TV. I'm going to endorse somebody else's product. And because I found Gil and I found his books, here's one of them, The Great Reset, Exposed. There's stuff in here that he dug up. Oops, here's another he, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody sorry, get back, go back to <laughs> sorry yeah. he, he dug up stuff that nobody is talking about and here's another one I don't have many other books but a UFO disclosure there's stuff that come out from behind the curtain that nobody talks about also in here and uh, this is another one that we got to do a show on shortly past yes. lives that's an amazing book. Yeah. That was a personal experience that's still still with me, still haunting me. Yeah, but the thing about it, if you have a near-death experience, you will never be afraid of death again. Well, it was it's the same thing with that past life experience. It yeah. it changed everything in my life and it and it, it showed that that it's not just our lives are not just random things. Yeah. There's things behind it. There's reasons and uh, and plans. Yeah. Yeah. It gets deep. Yes. So, uh, gosh, we uh, we are down to the end here. So, um, but uh, let's find a time and we will come back and talk about some of the other books also because there's interesting stuff in every one of them. In the meantime, go to Amazon and put Gil Carlson in the search bar and you find the whole row of books. Yes, 41. <laughs> yeah, 41. When is the next one coming out? Oh, I've got several in my head. But I'm kind of taking a break from them right now, working on, uh, on, on marketing and getting these books I've got here out to more people. And, uh, and I've yeah. even, uh, just for your uh, audience out there, I've reduced the prices on all my books on Amazon. So oh. go in there and take advantage of that and, uh, okay. and get a good deal. And thank you. I'll give you all that. Right. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, well, folks, uh, here we are down to the end of this one, and uh, we will be back next week. We're broadcasting Alpha with a, um, we're going to have a round table with some interesting things happening. So um, we will see you then. And in the meantime, thank you very much, Gil, for being with us because this was good. And thank you. Then, for having me.